podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Pink, Neil Atkinson with Lizzie Doyle and Neil Docking off the back of our hot mic uh, commentary triumph, me and Neil. Uh, but before we talk about that and reflect <laughs> on that, we'll talk about Liverpool's triumph. And Neil, it was a little bit hairy for 15 minutes, but apart from that, Liverpool are just, they're just so dominant and... It's so run-of-the-mill, you can almost take it for granted. This is a remarkable football team. They are now uh, played 24, won 23, drawn 1. They find themselves on 70 points. It is still January. They are 19 points clear of their nearest challengers. Last season's side, that got 98 points and 100 points the year before. This is one of the greatest football teams of all times. And arguably today, you got to see what was so great about almost every position on the pitch because they called the goalkeeper into action. Yeah, uh, you, you, you can't overstate what they're doing right now. You, you, you just can't. You can't. You can't overstate this accomplishment. You know, we talk about it being the stuff of dreams. It's not the stuff of dreams because none of us even dreamt it. You never thought that we'd be in this position where we'd be this far ahead, January the 29th, with this sort of commanding lead, and that we would go somewhere like West Ham, which traditionally down the years, I know the London Stadium isn't, you know, Upton Park. It's not all the bowling ground as we're now meant to call it. I know, I know that it's not what it once was as a proposition away trip, but it's still a tricky tie, isn't it? You know, they're scrapping at the bottom of the league and we've gone there and dominated them from start to finish. And yes, they did have that spell in the second half, but when we were called into action, people like Alisson, you know, the saves he's pulling off and making them look so routine, like one of the best goalkeepers you've ever seen in this division. And right the way through the team, we've got some of the best players you've ever seen in this division. And it's, I just love it. It's brilliant watching the Reds at the moment. I'm, I'm just ecstatic, really. Absolutely ecstatic. And they've shown once again why they're going to be worthy champions and better than all the rest. They show that right the way through. Even just people like Lizzie Van Dyke, Joe Gomez, you know, when called upon. Van Dijk and Joe Gomez when they manage to broach that Liverpool midfield because I think West Ham actually play all right mm. in the grand scheme of things they hang on in their first half they actually come alive at 2-0 force Liverpool back but you're able to say well that's what Joe Gomez does well that's what Virgil van Dijk does well that's what Andy Robertson does well that's what Jordan Henderson does well you're able to look at all of them and say this is what they do really well when we haven't got the ball yeah, I mean, I was thinking, obviously, we, we record this, don't we? We do a man of the match. And I was thinking about, on about 60-odd, I was thinking, who am I choosing? And then, like, someone would do something well. I'd go, oh, Robertson's being good. Salah then, you said about 10 back heels. Like, yeah. but Salah, play, Salah plays really well. And I'm going, oh, it's Salah. And I know we'll come on to that at the end. But every single player played their part. And I, said, I don't think there was anyone who played badly, but everyone was just as important as each other. It was a proper team performance tonight. And... Actually, a fair bit of credit to West Ham. They surprised me a little bit. I thought they were all right. The it, I don't think it was evident out that Liverpool were going to win. Though Liverpool made it look comfortable. Maybe that's more of a credit to us than a slight on West Ham that we we made it look like a routine win, a routine two 0 as everyone calls it. Um, but yeah, down to the keeper Joe Gomez. There was times where he'd just pick up the ball and he's just gliding into midfield, breaking lines. Saw that from Jordan Henderson a lot tonight as well, especially when they're setting up like what five four one. I thought they were, honest to God, it was like, it was a champion's performance without being a Leicester 4-0. That was a team who knew for a fact they were going to be champions of England tonight. The, without Sadio Mane, and I wonder if this is one of the reasons why everyone, you know, it's interesting, Lizzie mentions man of the match. I think you're able to, I, you know, if, listen, John, I'll be doing the ratings and I'll see what he puts out, but I wouldn't have a problem if he just gave everyone eight. If he just gave everyone eight, Neil, yeah, and went, you know yeah. what, they all played eight. <laughs> and I wonder whether or not there's a little element of, you know, of without Sadio Mane, 
people stood up and there was a little element of right i'm gonna i'm gonna find another little level here i'm gonna go a little bit further be a little bit more direct the passes fizz through midfield through the lines i just thought full stop everyone just sort of carried themselves in a certain way which was ignore all this nonsense this is how good we are yeah and, and especially in the absence of um in the absence of Mane, not necessarily so much um Origi when he you know lined up there at the start but Andy Robertson, you know, people were saying he struggled against Wolves, didn't he? When Manny went off, he's not getting the usual protection he gets. Um, he was struggling to make the forward runs. Today he did it all game long, especially in the first half. You know, his, his runs are so incisive. He's unfortunate not to get a goal. And then Firmino too was dropping over to the left, filling some of those pockets, taking up some of those positions that Mane would normally... I thought I thought Bobby tonight really upped his game. I thought he, I think he's a good shout for man of the match. Um, he was, I thought he was brilliant, especially in the first half. And, and talking about West Ham, in that first half, they just didn't really engage with the game. I think if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be very frustrated that what we saw from them in that sort of 10, 15 minute period, 20 minutes in the second half, well, where was that in the first half where they were just standing off us letting us have the ball. It's say like the amount of times um, Virgil van Dijk and, and um, Gomez and Henderson were sort of striding forward with the ball. It's because they were just dropping off and dropping off deeper and deeper and deeper, sort of camped in their in their own defensive third. It was it, it, We had to pass a certain line, like a, an invisible line, before any of them would sort of click into gear and rush out to try and close a man down. It was difficult, wasn't it? Because they were, they were sort of putting up this big wall in front of us. But as the half progressed, we really started to get some joy down that left flank and we started to open them up and started showing how incisive we could be. And then, you know, eventually the goal comes and it's, it's definitely deserved. When the goal comes, one of the things I think you get to see from it, Lizzie, is I think from about 15 minutes, you're sort of aware, God's the tackling in the red line here, West Ham. There's a lot of just legs getting lashed in and, and they, weren't, they weren't fouling people. That's not my point. My point is more it was all a bit on the edge. Mm. And the goal comes from the penalty where it's so on the edge, it's ridiculous. You just sides them down. Oh, good. We said there was about four penalties. There was like, I don't know, three players around them all. It was like, who could chop them first? And um, yeah, they were getting stuck in like they were, but I, you just knew it was coming and it was a last ditch attempt by them and it ended up in the penalty. It was a great penalty as well, by the way. Mad that there's this this thing around Salah that he can't take pens when I think he's a great penalty taker, but if it wasn't going to be the pen, it was. It, there was going to be a goal at some point, I reckon, around that time. I think Divock is a nuisance. I think... I just don't know if like defenders know how to handle him really, especially when when he's in the box, he's strong, he can hold the ball up loads. Um, and like you say, we haven't got Mane there, but he's done such a good job on that left hand side tonight. And I mean, he also filled in a couple of other places. And we saw we saw him like right wing at one point, yeah, didn't we? Yeah. Through the middle, he was there was a lot of interchange in between them all. They all looked on a level tonight, but yeah, if like I say, if it wasn't going to be the penalty, it wasn't going to be long after. But deserve a penalty and deserve a goal at that time. It's it's one Lizzie where you mentioned for me before where he's the way he keeps that ball alive is just tremendous and Brilliant. little flashes like that. You know, it's a, it's a good ball from Alexander Arnold, but he's not quite perfect for me. You know, but then he does the most wonderful thing, keeps it alive and works it across the box. And all the way through the day, I thought Liverpool, you know, even to an extent, they almost make a little mess of the counter attack. For the second, and then Henderson keeps it alive, and then Salah and Firmino almost getting each other's way, but then they keep it, and then there's the great ball from Salah, and Oxlade Chamberlain does brilliantly. But it's this sort of the thing that's great at Liverpool is just absorbing things not being quite right, and in fact making them better. And that's what that's a sign of a great team in any sort of walk of life. A great team is able to just find that way of saying, well, it's not perfect, but we can definitely do something with it. Yeah, there's no panic, and there's so much maturity in that. I think that's what I felt like I was watching a mature side. It was it was a side that's been there and done it all before. And they knew, like you say, he, he, he scuffs it a little bit, but he, he, he takes it round, doesn't he, before he fizzes it in for me now. Um, 
with with the touch and it's like okay the first one didn't pull off but it's absolutely fine i trust in myself uh, i know he knows the spaces the players are going to be in as well he knows if he puts it in somewhere there's going to be someone there and that second goal that counter attack was was great it's probably one of the best ones you'll see this season especially off the back of that mad lanzini chance wasn't it and then it was lanzini making the last ditch touch uh, the last ditch tackle at the other end which was a bit mad like he ran the yeah. whole end of the field and he and he done like a lovely comical fall which was which was wonderful to see um but yeah that 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 counter attack was was great and like you say wasn't to begin with wasn't the smoothest but once they got it under control you just knew what was happening you knew what was about to happen it's like it's drilled into them now, isn't it? It's like everything they do is second nature in those scenarios where Lanzini's missed his opportunity. And as you say, it's a little bit scrappy at first, isn't it? And then it's almost like that muscle memory. Everything just springs into action. Henderson knows where Salah will be. He knows if he hooks it. cushions it, it really nicely. Because yeah, the yeah. easy thing to do would have been think, will be to think, give him something to run onto. But yeah, what he actually does is he picks them out. Picks the two of them out. It's like they'll be around this area. Yeah. If I put it here, we've got a chance. It's not a pit. And that's what I think is really interesting. It's not like he's trying to play pass of the year there, Henderson. He's, again, it's very eight out of ten. This is yeah. the eight out of ten thing to do right now. And they'll sort it out because they're really good. Yeah. And then and then Salah, the pass. Salah's pass is pass more than an eight out of ten. Yeah, that's the pass of the outside of the boots, unbelievable. Because it sort of dissects two or three uh, their back line as well doesn't it and then as we said Chamberlain does so well shows such strength you know he's running at real pace with that ball um, Lanzini <laughs> <laughs> doing his best to decapitate him holding him off and then you know a really slick finish and yeah it was just the moment of the match that absolutely the moment of the game it was fantastic uh, down there are Craig Hannon Fuad Hassan and Paul Senior uh, they're in the ground uh, they're talking to you right now the Reds have 1-2-0 at West Ham Paul it was routine it was, yeah, I was saying there on the, on the little video we do after the game, it was almost almost too routine, really. We, we, go, we go into the game, and I think because we're so emotionally invested, we don't really see the one from the series a little bit. But it was so obvious we were going to win from the minutes it was kicked off. They were miles away from Liverpool, absolutely miles. Even, even for effort, you know, like the, if, you can't, if a team struggling like that can't, can't match you for effort, there's nothing down for them. But we were... We were excellent in a really low-key way, you know. It was, uh, it was. What's the way to put it? Sub-professional is, is the way to do it. We didn't overexert ourselves. I think you know Southampton at the weekend is the bigger challenge. But fuck me, that was second gear. I think we thought it'd be more difficult for you after last season. We come here last season. It's one-one. It's a similar time of the year. It's you know we're. we're, we're you know, we're going for the league title, but it's in completely different circumstances. But tonight, we turn up, we boss it, we control it. Um, and from the off, Liverpool looked as if they were just in complete control. They looked as if they were the team that was confident. They looked like a team that were playing a, a Davy Moyes team. Exactly. They just looked like they knew they were the better team on the pitch. Every single one of them players knew they were better than their opposite man. You'd have thought West Ham would have had a, a little spell, wouldn't you, when it went 2-0, where you know, maybe it looks like they're, gonna, they're, they're piling on the pressure, they get a goal, and, and things maybe take a little bit of a turn there. But the Reds just controlled it. They kept the ball when they needed to keep the ball. Salah was a brilliant. He, he just took it on himself. He was defending well. He, you know, he was pressing back in, in kind of like the full-back areas and, and then bursting forward as well. Constant threat all the time. And you know, Jordan Henderson is just continuing his, this amazing run that he's on, which is, you know, which is brilliant for the Reds. You know, Fabinho gets that time now to settle back in. And you know, the, you're making substitutions. You're bringing on the likes of Curtis Jones, Naby Keita, getting the minutes in. That's exactly what you want in these sort of games when the Reds are just completely in control. And and you know, it was a, it, it was it was more than a cruise. It, it was sort of like a slow walk to three points. It's it's mad, Paul. This um, this stadium, isn't it? Because 
that's the weirdest away end that you that's, have all season. It, yeah, it's the weirdest away end you'll have all season. And I feel like we say this every season we come to the stadium because it's just not a football stadium. It's not, you know, if you're in the top tier, you're so far away from the pitch. You're so far away from the lower tier. We were lucky enough to be in the lower tier, but it's just it's just not a football stadium, is it? And I feel sorry for the West Ham fans having to come to this every single every single week. Yeah, even you mean even the away end is it's disjointed. You know, the, some of the lads are on the, the top. The rest on the bottom, it's just, yeah, it's not a football ground. It's, it's so wide as well. It's so wide as so I think, as I think it it's going to kill them. Uh, it's a wider conversation, and we should be talking about the Reds, but yeah, I think it's going to kill them as a football club. It's not, it's not their identity, and it makes me worry for them because you're in there. My dad always said, oh, West Ham have always respected West Ham, great football, great football tradition. But yeah, just on us. So easy. Football shouldn't be that easy in the Premier League. It never has been before. But that's how good we are. And that's how, that's how easy it was tonight. The Reds are on the march. The Reds are 19 points clear. This is the best Liverpool side you've ever watched. This is the best Liverpool side any of us ever watched. And it's a fucking joy to be alive. We're back with you. Thank you very much to Craig, to Fuad and to Paul. Uh, they've just got to adore this Liverpool side in the ground, Lizzie. Uh, performances like uh, Henderson through, throughout the course of the game just constantly setting the tempo ends up at right back which must have been a battle of laughs for him <laughs> but constantly just finding the ball popping the ball back off getting it back keeping this Liverpool side on its toes knowing when to speed it up and I think that's what again everyone on the team does well today they know as and when's the time to, to go through the gears yeah, he was brilliant again. I feel like I'm running out of words to talk about Henderson in this number six. I really am. There was times there today because I think Liverpool had so much space where you were saying West Ham were dropping quite deep where Henderson was allowed to just take a minute and take stock and like head up, have a look and, and sort of assess where everyone was, which was just making his game even better, I thought. And he's it's it's really hard to think about Fabinho coming back in there because Henderson's just doing so well I think this is the best I've ever seen Jordan Henderson play game by game week by week if it's even possible he's getting better he looks like a man full of confidence and that performance again today it's just another big tick in his box and yeah, well, he doesn't even look tired. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't. He's probably more tired when he used to do his uh, sort of right and midfield role because he was the legs, weren't he? And that's what everyone used to refer to was Jordan Henderson was the legs. He was the legs for Gerrard. He's the legs of this midfield. He's not the classy midfielder. He's the one that does all the hard work so the other flair players look good. But I tell you what, Jordan Henderson's a flair player and he absolutely <laughs> demonstrated that tonight. My, my big concern with him always used to be, can he play two games in a week? And not just can he play two games in a week, but can he play them to the same standard? Mm. So you'd sometimes see a drop-off in the second game if he played Wednesday, Saturday or whatever. And, you know, he obviously rises the challenge last season where the manager is playing Fabinho in the role that you've been accustomed to playing. He's obviously gone in to see Jürgen and said, look, I can do more than this. I can offer this team more. He gets the opportunity, absolutely takes it. You know, he's brilliant in the running last season. And I think many of us mentally had, had sort of thought, well, that's his position from now on. You know, he's going to be a number eight. He's going to be more forward thinking that right in the midfield. And obviously Fabinho gets the injury and somehow he's gone back into the position that some of us used to have doubts about him playing. And produced an even high, like you said, an even higher level again. Almost like that's the best he's played for I us. I think he's enjoying it more though. Out. I think that's yeah. the thing. Like he, 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 he did openly come out and say he wanted to play further forward. He gets his chance. He does it brilliantly. But he just looks different now. I think. Yeah, and with some of his long passing as well being so instrumental now, maybe it's that 
you know, he's realised that he can dictate a game so much from that position and he can be the one, like you say, who sets the pace, speeds things up, slows things down. Because he's still the guy who's first at the scene when, when we're firefighting. When we occasionally lose the ball tonight, so often he's the first one to race over and even just to like be a presence to like force them to check back, to like cut off a counter-attack. So he's still doing the sort of uh, donkey work, but he gets to be so creative in that position too. And I just feel like he's relishing the role and it's just great to see. He's a captain. I think, well, I think the enjoying themselves part is, is, is an interesting thing with this side, Lizzie, and that they all work so hard. But then you do get to, this is my big thing with Firmino, I think that the recent goals... He just looks like he's enjoying it more when he picks it up on the, the on the right hand side on the touchline and goes past his man. You know, as much as everyone and certainly his manager tries to say, I'm not worried about the goals with him. I'm sure he is. And right now they all look to me like the they're enjoying the task, they're enjoying the work that's in front of them. And I think that maybe Oxlade Chamberlain that might not have been true for, but then he scores tonight as well and gets to feel part of it. Gets a lot of time on the pitch. All of that makes me just think they just continually look like, yeah, we really feel part of this. Yeah, you, no matter what your job is, you want to enjoy what you're doing, don't you? You want to feel good uh, in your job and you want to be good at your job. And the thing is, Firmino's got a number nine on the back of his shirt, whether he likes it or not. Even though he plays a bit of a different role to a traditional number nine, the number's there and you'd associate that number with goals. And when he's not getting those goals, he probably feels a bit of pressure and probably when... Salad had that little drought, if you want to call it that, where even though he was assistant and doing loads of the donkey work, wasn't getting the goals. Whereas now it's all just clicking for them. They're all in a rhythm. And you don't want them to be coming off that pitch like we were last season, going, oh, thank God for that. Like, you enjoy it when the final whistle's gone. Do you know what I mean? It's nice to just see them sort of, not relax a bit, but like you say, enjoy it and and, and see that they love what they're doing and love playing uh, with the teammates you don't want them to be thinking that every single game is a slog you want to you want them to be getting excited for it because the, the boss footballers are playing with the mates they've got such a, a great manager a great vibe great fans in a great stadium and they should be looking forward to playing you know brilliant brilliant football each week rather than panicking you know the way that we were say last season um about the three points and only thinking about that it's nice that they get to think about all the nice fancy stuff as well on the side yeah I mean, i'm normally a bag of nerves watching us <laughs> like I was, the I was... 19 points cushion helps a little bit <laughs> yeah. like but, but it, it like the, the better we've got the more nervous i've got before a lot of games which is ridiculous i always used to be full of it and like really cocky when we were shit <laughs> you know really bullish really fancy the chances when we weren't very good whereas i i, I don't know why i just i just get more and more nervous but not at all tonight i didn't have that sense at, at any point even when you know, they did have that flurry and we had that mad moment with Trent um, hitting the woodwork. I never really felt like it was in doubt at any stage. The performance was so good. We were just, you know, light years better than West Ham, light years better than the rest of the division. And we were showing it this evening um, from start to finish. And like, you know, we've, we've said it before, there were so many accomplished performances all over the pitch. Um, Fabinho struggled a little bit when he came on. You know, to get to adapt to the pace of the game, some of his passing was a little bit off. You could tell he was maybe trying to do a bit much. I don't know if he's being helped with game scenarios or when he comes on. So, for instance, I thought against Shrewsbury, he was all right until he went 1-0 up. And then it feels as though he's trying to play more counter-attacking passes at times. And I understand why, because the opportunity's there, but they're just not quite coming off for him. And yeah. here, this one, you know, he comes on a 2-0, and it's a little bit like there's a couple of times where it, there's maybe a faster, more progressive ball on at the moment, but maybe just maybe he just needs to get on with looking after the back four for a couple of games yeah. and get his rhythm back. Instead, I think he's trying to come back in and be, and trying to be, you know, all things to all men, trying to be absolutely fantastic as he was before he got injured. It's really important to remember that we've just got to yeah. give him the chances, Neil, to click back in. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, he, he, like you say, he needs to do the basics for a few games and just refine his rhythm. 
it can't be easy. It's quite a long time he was out for, really. Yeah. In the end, it's a lot of football he misses. Yeah, hell of a lot of football. I mean, the busiest period of the year. Um, and he's obviously eager to make his mark. And now it's a strange, strange situation for him because now he's got this break. But maybe that'll be good for him too, to take some time away, clear his mind and sort of come back refreshed and, and ready. You know, because he'll, he'll, like we say, he'll, be, he'll have been at Melwood, won't he? He'll have been working really hard in the gym, I imagine, working really hard with the staff behind the scenes to get himself fit. Um, so I think uh, he'll be absolutely fine. It's just a, it's just a natural process of returning to, to the team. Um, Liverpool have got 14 more games, Lizzie. Uh, if they take 24 points from them, uh, they are guaranteed to be champions. If they were to go to the Etihad and win, uh, they would only need 18 points from the remaining 13 games in that run. That's how close this mm. is now. And it is a strange... Strange thing, it's not the way we all foretold it would be. Uh, that doesn't make it any any worse as far as I think all of us are concerned. It's more this sort of, this idea of watching them tick them off. Another one ticked off, another one ticked off until the moment comes because it's so hard now to imagine how the moment doesn't come. It's routine. It's absolute routine now and it's not a slog. And when... It's 21, isn't it now? Not 24. 21 points, isn't it? Sorry. No, it's still 24. 24, because City can still... City have got 14 games left. They're on 51 points. Uh, so if they oh, win the sorry. 14 games, yeah, they go to 93. Right. Yeah, uh, I thought it was 21. But even so, um, seeing that flash up, it just sort of <laughs> makes you look at yourself and, and just remember what this team's doing. But when I saw West Ham 23 points, Liverpool 70, 70 77 zero points. It's the 29th of January 2020 and Liverpool FC have 70 points and the 19 points clear in Man City. It's just, it's it's mind-boggling. And we've all, we've all... We've got twice as many points as Manchester United. Well, more than that, they're on 34, we're on 70. God, that's just wow. lovely. I mean... They're in fifth. We've, we've just got so used to it though and like, I feel guilty sometimes that maybe I'm not you know, sort of checking with myself and going, God, these are really good, you know, and like, these are record breakers and this is going to be the best team you'll ever see because it's the best your dad's ever seen and he, he saw, you know, the ones in the 80s and stuff like that, the one that won uh, the treble. They're, they're amazing. And another thing from tonight, and I know I know, sometimes you don't like talk, talking about record breakers and stuff like that, Neil, but I think sometimes it puts it into perspective just how good they are. We've beaten every single team in the league. After that game tonight, we have beaten every single team in this league. And what they're doing is astounding. And I tell you what, I I think it's gonna come sooner. I think it's gonna come sooner. I don't know. I I don't it's really hard. Like if depending on the Palace game, if it gets moved, if we get through against Shrewsbury, I just think it's written in the stars for the Etihad, isn't it? It's just absolutely written in the stars for it. And it'll be a moment. I don't care what anyone says. The fact that you don't sorry, the fact that we don't know when it's gonna be. That's the exciting. You know, part. that it could be on like a Monday night or, you know, a random Wednesday. Well, it's, or... it's more for me. So I think Southampton's gonna be tricky at the weekend, and I'm gonna say this a lot on shows, and so I'm not just saying it now, and it's not crying it in. This is a Southampton side who are arguably at the minute the second or third best team in the division, the way they're playing, the, the results they're getting, the goals they're scoring, they are lively at the minute. And they come to Liverpool with a week off and with a bit of a free hit. And I think that they may well look to they may well fancy themselves, Southampton, to be the ones to stop us, Neil. Mm. But if Liverpool do get through that, they put another three points on the board. They go 22 points clear to Man City, who then go to Spurs on Sunday. Half four kickoff. And there's a party that if it gets hard, and it might not do, but if it gets mm. hard for City with 20 to go, 
it just becomes difficult to imagine really summoning. What are we summoning her up for? What, that we yeah. close the gap to those pricks to 19 <laughs> points? And that's where, genuinely, that's where I do think it does become a little bit of a change. That if you're Man City, and I mean this with the greatest respect to remarkable professional footballers who average 99 points across the two seasons yeah. before this one, there is just this part where I think they have just been a bit broken by all this because they haven't been able to hack the pace and they just know, well, we barely beat them. No one else is going to beat them. We were at our. We were really good that day. We fought with everything we had, and we barely beat them. And yeah. I think having that sort of physical memory is what's what's done for them. Yeah, it must be killing them. I thought. I thought it felt like a pivotal moment. The uh, equaliser, the Crystal Palace equaliser the other day, where they've done the you know they've done the Man City thing. Aguero's done what Aguero does. He scored those two really big goals. You know the stadium as much as it can sort of ignites, and they're all thinking, yeah, we've you know still got something to play for. It felt like heroic, didn't it? Felt more like the, the Manchester City we've been accustomed to. And then they go straight down the other end and let in an equaliser, you know, a daft equaliser. And I just think it gets to a stage where how many times can you sort of G yourselves up and convince yourself that there's anything to play for? Um, and this weekend, Mourinho as well, he'll want to he'll want to bloody the nose of Guardiola. Two ways. Um, always does. There's obviously that rivalry between those two is never going to go away. If we are to you know, get the win against... Uh, Saints, and then for them to have to go down there, and if they drop any points, then there can't be anyone connected to that club who thinks there's anything down for them this season. And then, and then, like I say, it's just waiting for that moment, you know, almost like the bat and, sign. And then, when do we get to celebrate the bat sign? Indeed, and also they're not far away from Real Madrid home and away, which is going to occupy yeah. a lot of emotional energy and attention yeah. from their point of view. Uh, we are not far away from the bat sign. Uh, it is going to ring out. It is a fantastic, as Craig says, it is just a joy to be alive. This Liverpool team is absolutely fantastic. Who was man of the match? Who, uh, got, who got 8.1 out of 10? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, um, I'm gonna to go for Mo Salah tonight. I just thought he looked on his game. He looked sharp. And, and for that pass alone, absolutely outstanding. So Mo Salah for Mo me. Mo Salah? Yeah, it's close. It's, I think it's close between Mo and Bobby. I thought, I thought Firmino was really good in the first half. And obviously has a crucial role in the in the first goal um, so maybe I think I'm just going to go for him Okay, uh, excellent stuff indeed Liverpool are absolutely fantastic they're the best team in the country they are probably the best team you've ever seen they may also be the best team you will ever see I'm sorry to remind you of your own mortality but this could be as good as your life ever gets Sports Social Podcast Network